dollars. Alex Alonso and FG bringing you another banner. Christmas week, post Christmas. I don't celebrate it. What did you do for Christmas, FG? Well, I watched football all day, bro. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they played the day before, but yesterday it was three games on, so I watched all of them, man. I saw. Um, Russell Wilson gets spanked, though. I saw that game, too, man. I was disappointed in Russ. I'm not a, even a Russ fan, but I expected more out of him than that, man. I kind of think that uh, ever since he won that Super Bowl, he's been on the decline. Well, you know, I think it's um, he on the decline for sure, man. And Lyman was on the sideline talking big shit about him. Oh, it got ugly yesterday. But I think ever since he got married or ever ever <laughs> since he hooked up, you know, he has been downhill since, man. Sierra's fault? Yeah, Sierra's fault, man. Hey, it could be, man. Sometimes a woman takes you out of your game, man. It takes you out of your focus. Um, I don't know. But, uh, you know, he's a little dude, too, to be playing that quarterback position. I think they got him listed at six feet, but he's probably – he might be like 5'11". No doubt. I remember him at Wisconsin and shit when he was balling over there, but – um, like I say, some of these guys are system quarterbacks too. You know what I mean. So um, they they need a system in order to be, you know, great. Yeah, and uh, he was good under Pete Carroll, man, former USC coach, one of the few guys who won at the college level and won at the NFL level. But um, that might have been another thing too. He ain't been with Pete Carroll in some years. Right. So that's the thing about it. Do you hear that echo? Um, uh, not really. Okay, no problem. Sounds pretty good. All right. Sounds pretty good on my end. So, um, yeah, I didn't get to watch too many of the games, but uh, I did see the score. <laughs> I saw that score. I think it was like forty something to six. Yeah, I think he threw three picks. Man, it was ugly. Man, it was it was like he played like a scrub. You know, like a real scrub, bro. I saw like the first few minutes, and he threw two picks. Yeah, he threw. He played like a scrub the whole game. I think once, you know, I, I don't believe he have no respect from the team like that. You know, it's so just an ugly situation. They may be able to go regroup in the offseason, but right now it's just not looking too good. Well, uh, you know, I, I wish bro well, but I think his, um, I think he's beyond his prime. And um, it might be time for some fresh new, new blood to get in there. No doubt, but, you know, Denver looking at it like, man, they just gave this dude 100 a hundred something million guaranteed, three hundred million contract, hundred and forty five, hundred fifty million guaranteed. Man, that's a lot of money though. To, he can't do nothing for him. That's 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 foul. Hey, it happens sometimes, man. You, you sign these contracts and uh, the person can't perform and step up. Hey, that's their fault. Yeah, no, no doubt. You know they got it. <laughs> that's their fault. Well, um, man, I want to thank all the the listeners for tapping in with Streets and Scholars. And if you're new to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to us on um, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, and Google. We're pretty much on every single platform. And also uh, follow us on our Instagram page. It's streets.and.scholars, streets and scholars on Instagram. And I want to read a couple of comments and questions that I received. Um, these are Apple questions or comments. Most of these are comments, but you know, if you're on Apple, go ahead and leave a comment. You could leave a, you could post a comment and a review. You can give us a rating, uh, one to five stars. Five stars if you think you enjoyed the show. And I got a comment here from Mr. Shot Out. He says, "Great podcast, salute." And um, I got another comment here. I look forward to this podcast every week. The guys do a good job of balancing topics and checking each other on their politics. Every once in a while. I wish some feminine energy could slide through. <laughs> that comes from Nina Brown. <laughs> I mean, I don't think... Uh, have we ever tackled any female? Um, let me think. Um, we haven't, bro. 
We haven't had one female call. Yeah, we're going to have to uh, do that. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I did try to tap in with um, Nicole Linton's sister. Mm-hmm, I remember that, yeah. And uh, she got offended because I didn't read her website in its entirety. You know, it's like it's a very long website. Uh, I don't. I think it was like seven sections. Each section was multiple pages. I pretty much got the gist of it after like the third part. Right, right. But she was like, <laughs> she was testing me on, on how much did I read and... So, uh, yeah, I tried. I tried. Uh, I'll try again and get um, see if we can get some feminine, what does she call it? Feminine energy on here. All right. Uh, I got a comment here. Love this show. Super informative and entertaining. I've been hooked since I got told about it. Do you guys ever plan on having Herman Cowboy Douglas on? That comes from Bryce J. Um, you know, I'd love to have uh, Cowboy come on the show on, on any of my platforms, but... Uh, I don't think he will, though. <laughs> Probably not. No, I don't think he will. Yeah. Because, uh, he, he's got an issue with Spider Loke. And, you know, Spider, uh, he messes with our podcast. And, uh, that, you know, that has nothing to do with me. But uh, I'd love to have Cowboy on if he's listening. He got my number. I think you got my number. If not, you can always send me a message. And you can come on the show anytime you want. Another comment here. It's, it's like I got to tune in every Thursday. To get these guys' review on certain topics, street or world news, appreciate you guys. And then on Instagram, enjoyed watching you on the podcast. That's from Linda. And then I got, uh, I am truly, truly one of their biggest fans. I look forward to, th- to Thursdays because I know y'all dropping a new episode. That's from Danita. Cool. So yeah, tap in on, on our Instagram page or on the Apple page. Where you can leave a comment and review, and we'll read those on the air. And uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about, hey, we're going to talk about this um, Tory Lanez conviction. Mm-hmm. Dude got convicted on all charges. We're going to tap in with that um, in the episode. But um, let me uh, get to a couple other things first. Um, okay, Corey Walker. Corey Walker is one of the guys, one of the four guys arrested in the Pop Smoke case. And his next court date is January, I believe January 23rd. Everybody's been asking me if I'm going to cover the Pop Smoke case. Well, I'm going to try to. So that's January 23rd. I have no idea if it's going to going to trial. That's actually my birthday. Is that right? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and are you still doing a big, uh, a big thing? You know what, man? I'm getting so many calls to say, man, if you got to do something, you got to do something. I'm just not feeling it. I'm just oh, not right. feeling it, bro. Nah. You did say you wanted to do something because of the milestone. Nah, no doubt. But at the same time, I want to chill too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to kick back and I may do something private, man. And, you know, inviting a few people and eat. But, you know, I, I still got maybe couple days to think about it man oh okay well i'm sure the people that looked at your paperwork i don't know if uh, your birthday was on the paperwork or if their birthday was redacted but if those who remember you know give them a give them a shout out give fg a shout out uh, next month when they come rolling around no no doubt <laughs> and uh make sure you tap in with that cash app i believe it's uh let me see if i remember is it uh f thornton fg thornton, FG thornton. yeah yeah no cash doubt cash app fg thornton Okay, so yeah, Corey Walker is the uh, he's the oldest of the four guys. He was 18 years old when that whole thing went down in the Hollywood Hills. And I'm going to tap in on the next court date just to find out what's going on, and I'll let everybody know. 
I'll let all the streets and scholars. You guys will be the first to know because I don't really think a whole lot of people are covering it the way they cover Tory Lane's case. Right, right. I didn't even know. I wasn't even aware that they were still in uh, fighting that case. Yeah, they're still. <laughs> I thought they had got their time and the left already. No. Nah, oh, okay. The problem with this case is that two of the defendants are, are juveniles. Right. And you can't really know who they are. Exactly, exactly. They protect their identity. Yeah, I do understand that part. So there's a lot that we don't know because they're minors. I don't know when they're going to court. I don't, first of all, I don't know their name. Right. Right, right, right. When they put their names in the paperwork, it's always initials. Mm-hmm. They don't spell out their names, so I don't know. But I'm going to tap in with the two adults on this case and find out what's going on and uh, give you guys the updates. Because, man, I, I wasn't really familiar with Pop Smoke, but I went back and listened to him. And I was like, man, bro was, bro was with it. Well, you know what? I had heard some songs that I liked and didn't know it was him. So, like I say, when I went back and my son put me up on it, yeah, you know, he had a couple of heaters, man. And you know, they love them in Brooklyn. They love them in New York, you know. We don't really hear a whole lot about it because he didn't probably get that L.A. audience yet. Right, right. But, um, you know, I, I learned a lot about Dude, and he was considered probably one of the hottest new, new artists out of the New York City. At that time, yeah, no doubt. And that's pretty huge, you know, being how big New York is and how many rappers is out there. Yeah. Okay, um... I wanted to, uh, before we talk about Tory Lanez, there's a couple other things I wanted to tap in with. And one of them was um, the story of this dude named Sheldon Alexander, who was 34 years old. He gets pulled over in Florida, I believe by the Florence Sheriff's Department. And he gets caught, he has 118 pounds of cocaine in his car. And then they find out he's already, he's got a warrant and he's, he's out on bail. He's out on bail in another case. Man. Dude got a warrant in California. Right. And then he gets caught with a heater, 118 pounds of cocaine, and over 100,000 cash in the car. I was just like, man, dude was doing too much. What you think about this dude? Yeah, he was doing too much, bro. You know, uh, you got a warrant, you, you know, you wanted in Cali. You know, you got a pistol, you know, $182,000 roughly. Yeah, you was doing too much. And all that work, man, I don't know what you was thinking, bro. Yeah, I mean, 118 pounds, that's a, uh, that's a lot of stuff. But, you know, you know, Florida is known for, for cocaine. That's the, really the cocaine capital of America is in Florida. You know, but at the same time, man, driving along Highway 95, I don't know who he was talking to. I'm from California, bro, and I know you shouldn't be on 95 with no work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, and what I really wanted to really get into, because whenever the police, whenever the police bust you, they always put a value of the drugs that you have. Right. And it always seems to me, always seems to me that the value that they say it is doesn't really match the amount of work that they got. I wonder where they get the numbers from, because it's never right. I mean, you know what I mean? It's never right. man. It's never right. So listen, 118 pounds, uh, one of the articles says that he got caught with $9 million of cocaine. Now, as soon as I saw the $9 million, I was like, wow, $9 million. Is it possible? And you know, I said, let's do the math on this. So I did the math on this and help me, help me with this FG, 118 pounds. I calculated 16 ounces a pound comes out to roughly 1,888 ounces. Mm-hmm. And if you divide that, is it is how many ounces in one kilo? Uh, thirty-six. Okay, so if you if you divide the eighteen eighty-eight by thirty-six, you get a roughly fifty-three kilos of cocaine. Right. So is it possible that fifty-three kilos of cocaine work be worth nine million dollars? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, if he's selling rock for rock, uh, 
in, in, in Arkansas somewhere. But other than that, man, I, I, can't, I can't see it, Alex. Okay, I'm going to do the math on this. I can't see it. If, if you have uh, $9 million worth of cocaine, as they say, and they also say he got caught basically with 53 kilos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You divide that by 53 kilos, they're basically saying that each kilo was worth about $170,000. Is that possible in any city, any state in America? Not that I'm aware of at all. I'm talking about man, you can make a hundred and seventy thousand per kilo, man. I mean, you, you, you. It'll be more motherfuckers either getting caught with cocaine or trying to sell it, or it, 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 it's just impossible to me. What is a? I don't know what Florida is like. I mean, I know in California, birds used to go as low as. 14,000, as high as maybe 25,000. Right. Somewhere in there, right? Yeah, but when you still take it out of town, you know, and you got to realize that in certain states, it's just like California. In in Florida, California, uh, certain parts of Texas, you know, you're going to get cocaine cheaper. You know what I mean? Because it comes right to us from the other side right to you. So because it comes to us cheaper, it, it doesn't fluctuate until you get up to the Midwest, stuff like that, because it's harder to get that way. It's not hard to get drugs in Florida. It's not hard to get drugs in California. It's not hard to get cocaine in certain parts of Texas. So um, I can't believe, you know, that 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 value that they put on it is is I, I mean, just I'm just wondering how that how did they even come up with those numbers? I have no idea, but the, uh, the brother's name is Sheldon Alexander. He's 34 years old, and they're claiming that that his 118 pounds of cocaine is, is is nine million dollars. Now, when you get sentenced or when you get charged, it's really about the weight of the dope. No doubt, not the value. No, no doubt. You know, the, the value is a you go to trial, they try to shock the jury with it, or they try to make this newspaper value way bigger than it is but everybody from the prosecutor to the defense attorney to the judge know that it was a nine million dollars worth of cocaine they're going to go with that 53 kilos but 53 kilos is a lot of dope to get caught with alex i mean i don't know nobody that has gotten caught with that amount of work and you know basically didn't get a life sentence pretty much yeah, but that was, um, those are the old sentencing guidelines, right? No, nah, it's still 53 kilos. It goes over the threshold of any threshold that they set. You know, when they change the guidelines from, um, just remember, they didn't change the kilo, the, they didn't change the guidelines much for soft, for powder. They changed it and brought, you know, hard crack, you know, up. You know, they made it to where you needed more crack cocaine to be convicted. You know, once you get past four or five kilos, 10 kilos, it don't matter. It, it, it's no, um, none of those guidelines come into play. So, so a guy like this can definitely get 20, 30 years? I, I say a life sentence. A life sentence? Yeah, yeah. I say a, a 30 to life, easy. That's fifty. Right. That's fifty three birds, man. But it's just it's just drugs. Yeah, but you know they gonna say that that amount of drugs can ruin entire. Um, they gonna say half of a, a nation, but uh, <laughs> you know according to them, but you know fifty three kilos is enough. To, you know, like they gonna say to ruin a whole city of, you know, a hundred thousand people. You know, so they gonna put their number on it. And that's 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 a lot of cocaine, man. Now, how much do you think uh, this cocaine is really worth? If it's not worth nine million. Uh, I'm going to take it to the, say, um, depending on how they're distributing it, you know, in order for it to be valued at its most, you would have to sell it basically ounce for ounce, you know, and um, even if you sold it for 200 
I mean, $2,000 an ounce, I don't know where, but just say even if you got the most at $2,000 an ounce, um, you know, 2,000 two, two times 36 is what you're going to get, 72,000 or something, you know, so I, I mean, the most you may get out of it, you know, and that's that's hard street selling on the corner, pretty much, you know, 70,000 a bird, you know, so if you take 72 and you go 53, what you going to come up with? Or seventy two thousand, you know, times fifty three. So seventy two thousand would be your high estimate. Yeah, I mean that would be my high estimate. So that would come out to about three point eight million. Yeah, but I don't even believe that you can get that much. I'm just throwing the highest number. So they they didn't fluctuated this thing a whole uh, five six million. You know, at the at the, I've never heard of nobody even getting seventy thousand a kilo. You know, I was in the game before. You know, I do understand the different states. You know. Uh, different prices but uh, so let's say you're in california and this is like the let's say the, the late 80s early 90s the 90s and you get a bird it's 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 possible you can buy a bird let's say fifteen thousand. that'd be that's pretty low right yeah that's pretty low but it's possible back then um you know back in the 80s i don't know but i know in the 90s you could easily you can get them for 13 14 you know back in the early 90s you know mid 90s in the 80s they might have been a little more expensive alex but at the same time and they really were getting a lot of money for each one back then because they was making turning it in the crack and they were selling it you know breaking it all the way down so it was possible but um so maybe, maybe they're adding what, what what someone plans to do with it let's say you have a bird of of soft and you're about to turn it into crack now you could possibly double that into two birds of hard right um you technically could you know to be honest with you you know that'll put you at 140,000 a bird you know uh, which is numbers I've still never heard of um I don't even believe I think with the meth wave and the peels wave I don't I believe the crack people don't even smoke crack like that anymore so you know um so I just don't believe nowhere near I'm gonna go with two 2.5 million at the most that they can get for those uh 53 kilos um I would love somebody to come on here and dispute you know dispute me you know and um but some people would say man I can I could turn that 36 ounces into 54 ounces you know which I've seen done personally before you know it's possible you know so if you went 54 kilos uh, i mean 54 ounces instead of the 36 you know um you may get you know three four million but at the same time nine nowhere near it okay so if you go with the 2.5 million as you just said i calculated each bird would be forty-seven thousand. that's still kind of high though yeah pretty much you know but it's it's, it's it could be do it's doable somewhere you think forty forty seven thousand is a possible price in twenty twenty two per bird? Um, to sell it as that, no, you would have like I said, you would have to break it all the way down somewhere in like Alaska or you know somewhere where you know it's hard to get some work to you know. Yeah. But but to be honest with you, I'm sure somebody can can dispute that and say they they have before or is doable. How long did they take to do for one? See, it's one thing when you say you got one and you did it. When you got 50 birds, Alex, you're not finna break it down to that kind of that low of a compound. You know what I mean? You don't you got 50 birds. I'm not finna waste my time selling no crumbs. I'm not finna sell no ounces. You know what I mean? If you're not coming to get a bird, somebody come get four, somebody come get two. I'm not even breaking it down that much. So so let me ask you this. Um, if a guy has 50 birds and he's selling these 50 birds, the lowest quantity he might sell is just uh, one bird alone. And that's even low. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think a dude with 50 birds, unless he's just like I say, this dude was on the run. So he may be trying to go somewhere and run it up. He could have just really been a driver. He could have been a, just a delivery driver. But whoever was going to get it, you know, I, I don't believe people with 50 birds is really going to break it down to that kind of a compound. You know, if they broke it down even to sell half of birds. But when the more you break it down, the more traffic you 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 running across and um more likely somebody to tell on you with that so much traffic, you know, or dealing with so many different people, you know, me, 50 birds, I'm going to, I'm not going to sell less than a bird. Now I put, I put it here at 30, 30,000 per bird. If you calculate 30,000, which is probably a more realistic price, then all of these is worth 1.5 million. Mm -hmm. Does that sound like a, um, a possible, what's that? Somebody's going to but does that um, 30K, 30,000 per bird for a total of 1.5 million for the whole 50, 53, does that sound more reasonable? It, it, it does. But, you know, when you get to talking about drugs, you know, people can say different things because they could say, Alex, I could take one bird and get 40,000 off of it. You know, I could break this thing all the way down. May take me a month, may take me a month and a half, but I can do it. And that's the whole thing about it. You're not going to break 50 birds down to, to, to do it like that because if it took you a month to sell it to make 40000 off of it, what are you going to do with 53? You're not going to drag it out like that. That's not how, you know, it works when you got that amount. You know, you're trying to get this done, make your profit, you know, and, and, and get some more, you know. So, um, um, I mean, I could even take you to say somebody say they can get 50000 for one. Alex, that's still nowhere near $9 million. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't even think half. And, and you might be able to sell one for 50000 Could you sell all 53 for 50000 No, not at all. So uh, at 50000 let me just do this real quick. I don't know, I already calculated this. At 50000 you definitely can't. Uh, 2.6 million. Still, still not even at 3 million. Yeah. So where the cops, I would like to see they chart, you know, how they calculate these 9 millions. But I really think sometimes that's just for shocking all to the news or to the, you know, jury per se, you know. Um, but let me just go back. You said in order for, you know, it to be 9 million, somebody would have to get 170,000 a bird. You know how many people would be tempted to say, I'm going to just sell one more bird then? If I could get that, I'm going to sell one more bird. You know what I mean? You know, and and, 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 and it would be more, like I say, man, it would be more people getting caught with one and two birds if you can get that kind of money for them. You know, but 53, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Well, the, the headline of this article, for those who are interested, is, it says, and this, is, this comes from, uh, what's the name of this? This comes from Channel 20 ABC in Gainesville, Florida. The headline reads, man out on bond found with nine million in cocaine during traffic stop, sheriff office says. And what's really interesting, they, they have a photo, and apparently this photo is supposed to be when they got him into custody. They actually have all the cocaine on the hood of the sheriff's car, and they take a photo of it. And it, it looks, I, I guess these are all broken down into birds. I don't know why they say 118 pounds, but it looks like they're all into uh, different bricks, which would be a kilo. But I, I'm not 100% sure. But I, they take these photos just to say that they didn't plant this on them. This is what we found right in this car, right when we pulled them over. And they got it on the side of the road. <laughs> imagine imagine somebody driving by and say, we're going to rob the shit. Man, we're going to rob the police, yeah. man. You know, But for that kind of work, somebody might try it. Yeah. You know. Um, 
So, yeah, this is an interesting headline. And I saw this on another headline that we had here in L.A. maybe a year ago in the harbor. They said some ridiculous amount. And I said, there's no way that, that those drugs is worth that much money. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why they do this, man. Um, it's so easy. I want, to, uh, I want to expose them. The Florence County Sheriff's Office, I, I don't know if you guys know how to put value on, on drugs, but... The, I don't know any state in America where you can get $170,000 for one coke for one kilo of cocaine, and I'm sure a bro is in jail saying, "Man, this is crazy." They they claiming I had nine million dollars. Right, right. What if what if the people that he working for they see this headline and they're like, "Man, he must have stole some cocaine from us." Right. <laughs> we didn't give him nine million worth. Did he steal some? Right, right, right. No, nah, it's just a tragic incident, man, that this dude had enough balls to drive down 95 with this kind of situation in his truck. Um, Florence County Sheriff say they had probable cause to search. I, they never said what the probable cause was. Uh, maybe it was the warrant. Maybe it was the. But this dude was 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 uh, maybe ignorant to the fact. Maybe just didn't give a damn. I mean, he was 34, too. Man, he, he, he's young but not too young. Man, it's old enough to know better, you know. And and, and the thing about it, man, is is this brother going to get a whole bunch of time, man? And somebody lost a shitload of cocaine. I know. Hey, do you think that once once you get popped like that by the police and the people you're working for, are they still going to be mad at you even though you're about to get 20, 30 years? No, no doubt they're hella mad because it's maybe something you did or didn't tell them. Maybe you didn't tell them you had the warrants. Maybe you tell them, told them you was all free and clear. You know what I mean? Or maybe it actually was his. You know, you never know. I just don't see a dude with that can afford that much work, you know, driving down himself down 95, you know, with a warrant and a gun, you know, so... Is it hard to take a L like that when you're the supplier? Because you know what the game is. The game is the police can pull somebody over at any time, at any place. Man, it's hard to take a loss on, on, on things a lot smaller. You know, I mean, a lot smaller. That's a hell of a hit they done took, you know. And because uh, even if they bought them at 15 or, you know, a piece, you still losing, you know, a million dollars, you know, or two, you know, a million and a half or something, you know. or um, So... That kind of loss, unless you just the cartel or something, you know, it's, it's going to hurt. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, this dude actually had all these birds in his car. You know, I was watching this one documentary on a dude that used to drive uh, lots of large quantities of cocaine. And he said he would never risk driving the car. So what he would do is he would put the cars on tow trucks. Yeah. Put all the cocaine in the car. Right. And boys and girls, I'm not here trying to give you guys, you know. Uh, tips on how to do this. I saw this in a documentary, so, and I thought it was a clever idea. Mm -hmm. You put the cocaine in these cars that look like they need to be towed, and you're just towing these cars, you know, wherever they need to go. Right. It's an easier way to get through, I, I think. I thought that was clever. No, definitely clever. You know, been done thousands of times. Now they have machines that when they're on the back of these trucks and these car haulers, they have machines that you when you drive through some of these um, trucks uh, uh, scales, that they have x-ray machines that can signify, you know, that is drugs in the car. Have so much technology now, Alex, you'll be surprised, man, that the things that they were able to get away with then just can't get away with now. Yeah, I think with technology, uh, the police are, are way more smarter now. I saw where where these uh, truck drivers were trying to cross the border um, in San Diego, in Mexico, and they had cocaine in the tires of the car. Mm -hmm. And apparently they've been doing that for years, but on this day, <laughs> on this day, the dogs or whatever they had figured out they had uh, cocaine in the tire, they started cutting the tires, and I guess that idea is done. Once they catch you doing it once, now they know 
check tires. No, no doubt. And they've they've had hundreds of busts where they've found hundreds of locations to look for, you know, so it's definitely difficult. Uh, everybody know out there on that 95, out there on that 20, you know, up and down, the, uh, definitely the 80. And the, it's, it's hard to move work, you know, because these guys they ain't doing nothing but sitting up there waiting for a certain color person to come through, you know, and they knocking their head in, you know, pulling them over just because they don't have anything to do. Yeah, I, I think I think to a certain degree, the drug game is become so difficult that I'm surprised that people still are in it the way they are because I, I, I think it's almost impossible to have a run in the drug game anywhere in the United States for like a decade without getting popped. Well, you know, I'm watching people firsthand do it, you know, and um, just be wondering how, how, how are they doing it, you know, and, um, you know, some of these people definitely are working with law enforcement on the back end on certain shit, you know. Uh, police will let you sell drugs if you, you know, work for them on some other things. You know, I know that for sure, you know. Hey, were those cops at Freeway Ricky Ross um, testified against? I think we talked about it on a previous episode of Streets and Scholars. Were they actually part of the drug trafficking, the sheriff deputies? Well, I don't think they were part of the drug trafficking. No, I think they were part of the leave my people alone when they come around to scoop up stuff, you know. And uh, I think some of them was on the payroll type shit, you know what I mean? And once they wanted more and wanted to extort him for a little more, you know, he didn't want to go for it, you know. So, so you need some some uh, police support when you're out here selling large quantities of cocaine. No doubt. But at the end of the day, if you get in the bed with the police, Alex, and you make these guys say they on the payroll or they helping you in any kind of way they become your co-defendants yeah. now i'm not mad at you if you got the connections like that but when it come down to it you know you can't tell same way because these are your co-defendants you can't roll over on them you know and say what they was doing because these were your co-defendants they were in bed with you so you know um if one of them decide to roll man you got to take it on the chin like the rest of the gangsters do and i wonder if this dude uh sheldon alexander told these uh sheriff deputies in florence saying hey man i'm just just take a couple of these birds and um let me go and, and make some money off of it <laughs> well you know what man that's that i believe that if you ran into one you know the right dude you'll be surprised man how you know how you gonna go to the to the station and report that a deputy took 53 kilos from you i mean who's gonna do some shit like that so I, i'm i really believe alex i'm almost 100 percent 100 percent sure that out on some highway somebody was pulled over with money guns and or drugs and he asked him what uh i forgot what movie that was we asked him you want to go to jail or you want to go home you know what I mean? And somebody said, I want to go home, man. You know what I mean? They took their shit and got on, you know, and never got caught. I mean, that's a great that's a great offer from the police. It's a great offer from the police. Yeah, you got, you can, you're going to win that offer every time. Hey, man. Hey, man. Going to take that shit. You know what I mean? But, uh, all right. We're going to. Um, I want to tap in with this uh, other topic that somebody actually sent to me on uh, our Instagram page. It was about the Vallejo police. And I was shocked to find out that the Vallejo police have the third highest killing rate of uh, people in the state of California. The, high, the third highest killing rate. They kill uh, more people than almost all the police departments in the state of California, including the Los Angeles Police Department, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. And we're talking about per capita, not, not whole numbers, right. per capita. And apparently uh, Vallejo is number three on the list, and uh, they've killed 
uh, quite a lot of people over the years, and I'm just trying to figure out what the heck is happening to Vallejo. I think I've only been there once when I was in San Francisco. I think I uh, went through there once. Are you familiar with, with Vallejo? I'm familiar with the area through uh, truck driving, Alex. I used to drive through there all the time. I'm also familiar with it because I do definitely know that that's where E-40 is from. Um, he raps it all the time. Um, I do know a lot of those Oakland boys that claim Oakland and, and Richmond. Some of them dudes are actually from Vallejo. Um for the people who don't know what per capita is, it's basically for every 100,000 per people. So they have a, a higher rate for every 100,000 people than all these other uh, cities, man. And that's crazy. I would have never guessed Vallejo had that kind of uh, murder rate up there. But then when we looked at this chart in this article, and for those, I'm going to put a link to this article in the show notes of this episode. The article is called Vallejo Police Have the Highest Rate of Resident Shot Per Capita in Northern California. But when you look at this chart, it made us all realize that number one is a town here in Southern California. No doubt. San Bernardino. San Bernardino. Police Department has the highest killing rate of of civilians in the entire state of California. Now, what the heck's going on in San Bernardino? I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of low poverty blacks out there, Alex. You know, just to be honest with you, I've, I've been there. I'm, I'm still there. I, work in and out that city all the time you know some of the stations that i went to deliver gas at man i damn near broke my heart man you know what i mean just to see the black people living like how the crack era was back in the 80s you know to see the poverty was was what it was you know and um the reason they may not be on the map is because these people don't have people fighting for them because they are low-level poverty stricken you know areas um I can't say Vallejo, but I know for sure San Bernardino, you know, and um, yeah, they getting it in out there. But it's a whole lot of gangbanging going on out there, too. Yeah, most of all of LA's hoods, LA's black hoods, at least, Crips and Bloods, they're out there in San Bernardino. No, no doubt, man. And they out there pushing it like it was the 80s, man. And I'm, I I don't even go there. You know, if I met was if I was single and I met a girl say she lived in San Bernardino, unfortunately, Alex, I must have to say, have a nice day, ma'am. You know, catch you next lifetime, but yeah, I ain't going to Dino, man, to hang out. Well, the uh, the killing rate in in Vallejo is a uh, thirteen point eight per hundred thousand, which puts them third on the list, and San Bernardino's killing rate is eighteen point one per hundred thousand residents, and in the city of um, Vallejo, I looked up the uh, racial demographics. I was surprised to see that it's it's like seventy percent black. Yeah. Vallejo is a very black place. No, no doubt. And uh, I haven't had a chance to look at San Bernardino, but is it pretty much majority black? Yeah, you know, yeah, no doubt. You know, and, and don't get me wrong. You have some areas in San Bernardino that's, that's okay. That's cool. But they have a large section that's, you know, like I say, poverty stricken, man. It just look like, you know, old, old era Watts, you know. And then you got my boy and them down there from Murder Town, man, that they down there super banging it out. So, Hey, man, I already know that, that, that the police is probably having a hard time, you know, getting a hold on it. But I didn't know they was ki killing like that, but I did know it was an issue down there. Yeah, man, and I, I wonder if these towns that are majority racial minority are the towns where the police officer fear, fear the people the most. Therefore, they're quick to pull their guns out the most. No doubt. I, I believe that's exactly what it is, Alex. Because I'm sure it's a lot of these brothers that are unarmed. I don't think that they're that these people are any more dangerous to the police than in uh, all these other cities. It's just that the police probably have a higher level of fear and then there's a, a, a higher rate of 
let me pull my guns out on these people because I don't know what they're going to do. Then at the end of the day, they probably don't have no weapons. They're all unarmed. Maybe someone had a gun and was running, but um, it, it must have something to do with that. Well, it's definitely going to make me go look at the racial um, disparity at the San Bernardino Police Department. I do want to go back and look at that now just to see, you know, make sure there ain't a whole bunch of white cops killing a bunch of black folks, you know. So um, until you just put the spotlight on that, man, I'm going to look a little further into that later on. Yeah, that's another important point that you just brought up. What's, how many, how much, how white are these police departments? How white is the Vallejo Police Department? How white is the San Bernardino Police Department? because that also has an impact. Uh, you know, I'm surprised to see, um, you know, the LAPD's at the bottom of the list. Um, it's because, you know, LAPD is, is half white. I mean, the city of LA is half white. The, the killing rate is 3.8 per 100,000. Um, actually, Compton is 4.2 per 100,000. So, so these, these other towns must be really off the chain if, if they surpass Compton, Los Angeles, Long Beach, they surpass Modesto, um, Anaheim, Ontario, and Oakland. Yeah, no doubt. I was surprised that they was past um, Oakland, and I would probably say um, Compton. You know, I'm surprised that they, you know, which is which to me is a good thing. Compton numbers are coming down. Oakland numbers are coming down. You know, LAPD, they've been sued so much that LAPD is a little less quicker to pull out their gun and shoot you. You know, they've come under a lot of scrutiny under the police departments. So I believe that the new training that the LAPD has had. See, one thing I do know about the LAPD, Alex, I've never been just pulled out of my car by the LAPD. They always come up to my window, ask for the proper identification and registration and stuff like that. And you have it. They walk back to your car. They call, write your ticket and leave you alone. You know, uh, different from the sheriff's department. So this may be a reason why some of the LAPD numbers are down because they are following protocol in certain areas. Yeah, a lot of the smaller town cops are a little bit more evasive uh, around L.A. Like L.A. doesn't really trip on tinted windows as much. When we drive to, if you hit like Gardena or you hit Culver City and you hit some of these other smaller cities with the police department, they're quick to pull you over. Tinted windows or the, uh, the one that, that um, they like to get me on sometimes is your light doesn't work on your license plate. Damn. There's a light yeah, there's a little light on there. That yeah. Your plate. Uh, LAPD don't only really trip Yeah, out. yeah, they getting crafty. They talking about the license plate light. Yeah, yeah. these smaller towns do that, man. But, um, Man, I just thought this was interesting that Vallejo is one of the, they have one of the highest killing rates of any police department in Northern California. And San Bernardino has the highest killing rate in Southern California. So uh, I want to appreciate, uh, I forgot bro who tapped in with me, but he sent me this message and I went to the article and I was like, wow, this is really interesting to see uh, the, the various killing rates of different police departments. Riverside is on this list, but they're low. They're 5.9. No doubt, but Riverside also have a million dollar community over there, man. And they have some upscale shit out there, Alex. You know, Riverside got some spots out man, there, man. That's like I say, you need a couple million dollars to even live in some of those neighborhoods. I'm shocked that Riverside itself, even though Riverside covers a vast area, more 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 territory than people think, um, I'm shocked that Riverside is five point something. Yeah, um, see, I, I don't really, I don't know these areas too well. I've been to all of them. I've been to Riverside a couple times. I've been to uh, San Bernardino, but I never spent a lot of time in there to really get to learn these areas. I know a lot of people uh, live out in Paris, 
which is in San Bernardino County. Um, you sure? I think Paris, oh, no, Riverside. maybe Riverside County. Yeah. A lot of black folks move out to Paris. Um, I don't know if Paris has its own police department, but I always wondered that because I'd be hearing all kind of folks from L.A. move out to Paris. No doubt Paris is a mini comp to mini L.A., you know, but I believe that the people that's living out there, because I'm in Paris quite a bit, I have a couple few friends out there, what I believe going on in Paris is, and they got the Crips out there, you know, and uh, and uh, but um, what I believe is that the people in Paris made a decision to say, look, man, we all came from L.A., we all came from Compton, Watts, whatever, Hey, we ain't gonna bring that shit here. You know, we gonna get we gonna get along, and we gonna try our best to get along. But um, but 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 Paris, uh, Paris do okay for the. This has so many different people come from so many different places there. Now another place that a lot of people decided to move into, which is not too far from some of these towns, is uh, Rancho Cucamonga. Um, I would have thought Rancho Cucamonga would have been off the chain, considering how many black folks from L.A went to Rancho Cucamonga and took some of this gang culture. Well, you know, right now, Alex, I used to work in Rancho Cucamonga. I'm frequently around it. Rancho Cucamonga, at this point, is a place to live. Rancho Cucamonga is a, you, you got to have some bread to go out there now. You know, I, I don't know where not one spot in Rancho Cucamonga where some, 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 some activity like that. You know, I mean, I know it's everywhere, but at the same time, Rancho Cucamonga then, took the initiative to make it so high to live there that maybe they ran some of those when they were selling those houses back in the 80s. I believe that the people who either sold those houses or still have them, you know, because um, it's, it's, it's Rancho Cucamonga, it's, it's, it costs a little pretty penny to move out there. And it's not a Moreno Valley, it's not a Pierce, it's not none of that, you know. It's, it's upscale, it's upscale over there. So, yeah, no doubt, you know. It used to be the place where everybody could. Everybody could yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what happened was I believe that they changed their demographics. And Fontana doing it, too, on the, on the north end. You know, Fontana used to be a place where you could just move to. And, and now Fontana still got hoods, though. But on that north end, you got gated communities. You got million-dollar homes, you know. Um, so certain places, but I think most of Rancho, from the beginning, I know where it started. I know where it ended. They pretty much got a tight knit on that city. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I remember that's where everybody in the 80s uh, started to move to <laughs> because it was the only place that they could afford a house and get a house the size they wanted. Right. And uh, these houses were cheap. Man. Hey, but the people, anybody who kept those houses right now probably bought them for 150 back then, probably getting a million dollar home right now. You're right. They, these houses were $100,000. And then they started creeping up to maybe they were under two hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's like, "Hey, I'm moving to ranch." Now, of course, it's nothing under five, probably. You know, yeah, right. yeah. All right, man. Let's tap in with this. Uh, I think everybody wants to. They want to hear your take. Also, I've been getting a lot of messages about this trial. Mm -hmm. I've been getting so many DMs. Uh, people have just been hitting my phone, texts about this whole Tory Lanez guilty verdict. He was found guilty on all three counts. And uh, I don't, I didn't know what to think, man, because I was leaning, I was definitely leaning towards not guilty. Uh, you know, I'm gonna give the brother, I'm gonna give any brother or sister the benefit of the doubt. When you got witnesses that are lying, you have conflicting testimony, you have uh, inconsistent um, DNA evidence, you have GSR evidence that doesn't is not completely explained thoroughly. I'm gonna have to give bro the, the benefit of the doubt. But I'm not completely shocked that they came back with the guilty verdict. I'm not shocked that they came back with the guilty verdict. But I'm going to be honest with you, Alex. I've never seen a trial like this. Ever. I've never seen so many different um, um, 
lies. Never seen so many different. I forgot. You know, I, I, re, I don't remember uh, well, what I really said or what I really meant was. And I really thought it was like, bam, there was just a coffin in the nail at the beginning. Then I get to hearing all the, you know, the GSR wasn't on his hand. It was on hers or Kelsey lying about this. Then the love triangle. And then, the, you know, once I got the, you know, some of the facts that came out, I was like, man, this is a shit show, man. This is this is wild, you know, <laughs> and uh, and uh, all the different witnesses that got up there, man. You know, like I say, everybody seemed like they contradicted everybody, just in my opinion. And uh, but at the end of the day, man, I, somebody had to be held accountable. Um, had they not convicted him, then who uh, did a ghost shooter? She shot herself, you know. So at the end of the day, that was the only reason why I felt they might have found him um, guilty is because if you didn't find him, find him guilty, then you said nobody shot her. She wasn't shot at all. She wasn't harmed at all. So well, you could say that Kelsey was the shooter, the girl. You know, you you could, but at the same time, man, uh, which 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 was said, you know, which was said, or, or, or yeah, or which was thought of. And Alex, to be honest, which we still don't know. I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that she didn't bust the gun, even if she didn't shoot her. You know what I mean? I'm thinking she bust the gun, even if it was in the air. She she, I mean, I believe she shot that gun. You know, that's only my opinion. You know, and my um, belief. Um, but I do believe, Alex, from the very, very beginning, and I've said this before, I think Tory Lanez from the very, very beginning, I think he handled it wrong from the beginning. So I believe had he handled it in a different situation, this boy might not even been in court, man. Yeah, because he went to the Internet and said a few things, and he could have just left it alone because initially he was in charge with this shooting, and Megan was pressing any charges. And eventually she came forward and, um, you know, plus I think the, the domestic violence section of the prosecution's office, the LADA's office, they wanted to prosecute this under the domestic violence unit. And they don't really necessarily have to have a victim, but they did eventually get Megan to come around and testify. But um, I think that uh, he could have just laid low, not say anything online, not offend Megan, not offend anybody. And she might not have went to the police. No doubt. You know. Um, but they could have still prosecuted him without Megan. Yeah, but you got to realize it like this. And then I'm not, I don't know, uh, Tory Lanez, um, if he have any, uh, I don't know about his street credibility or activity or where he grew up at, what city he grew up in. In Canada. Okay. Well, my thing is this, Alex. I'm at a party. I'm with two females. I'm fucking them both. You know. We rolling, fight, already ensued an argument at the spot. You know what I mean? Once we get in the car and we rolling, I'm conscious that I have a pistol. You know, with me having a pistol, man, I still have to be conscious of this. these girls bickering and fighting. Even if we would have got out the car and they just would have got down or we would have had a, a fight all together, that's still somebody can call the police. A police car could just be going by. Now they searching the car because we all intoxicated. Now I'm even in jail for a pistol. So my whole thinking would have been different. You know, I think he fueled the fire when he told Megan that, be honest with, you know, tell Kelsey the truth. You did some whole shit right there in my eyes. You know what I mean? You know, that wasn't the time for that. That wasn't the place. So once you said that, man, what do you think was going to happen? And then you got this pistol, you know. So at the end of the day, all I'm saying is from the beginning, not when the sh not after the shooting and not all that from the beginning, you know, when you were anybody, 
You could be a dude with, with, with $50 in the bank or you could do be a dude with $500 million in the bank. He has something to lose. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that was something that I don't know if it was the alcohol or whatever, but he didn't keep that in mind early on in the situation. He didn't handle his hoes to, 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 to the proper way, man. Yeah, um, and I'm call them only, only calling them that because they was they was the, the trial showed that you know they was getting it in on me. They was promiscuous. You know what I mean? Well, well they, they testified that that's what Tory actually said to both of them. He told his driver, "Pull this car over and let these hoes out." And um, I think he lost his cool, and it, I think it's, it was the alcohol. But I think he his big mistake was telling Megan, "Let my driver take you home." I'm staying here with Kylie. He could have just got Kylie's number and said, "Look, Kylie, I gotta, I gotta leave. Yeah, we gonna stay in touch. No doubt. Because we got testimony from EJ, the stylist, that Kylie was feeling Tory. Kylie kept even asking, "Is is is Tory coming? Is he coming?" So once Tory got there, I guess he felt her energy. They was hitting it off, and Megan didn't like that. So I feel like if I'm Tory, I'm gonna say, "Look, Kylie, I'm feeling you." But I gotta go right now and take care of these hoes, right? Or whatever he called them, he right. called them bitches and hoes. Yeah, yeah. And Kylie would have been with it. She would have just said, "Call me tomorrow," or "Come back later." Right. But he 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 literally told Megan and Kelsey, two women he's having sex with, go home. I'm staying here with Kylie. Yeah. I think that was his first mistake. No, that definitely was. <laughs> no, that definitely was his first mistake. And and and, but let me go back and say this though. Megan did leave at first. She didn't want to leave. I know, but she left and she got away. She 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 yeah. she made up this story or she wanted to go back and get her glass slipper. Yeah. But this is the thing about it though. She's supposed to be making a stallion. Uh 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 making a stallion. Where your dignity at? Where your pride in that you are who you are. And you supposed to feel like you can have any man that you want. That's all fake. You done said it in the rap song. That's all fake. You know, but I'm just saying, what was your cool to be like, I'm not even finna chase this fool. Like I'm me. You feel me? It's, it's a form of dignity that I have, Alex, that I, you know, I don't care what the feeling's feeling. I'm going to make a lot. I'm not finna just, hey, man, if they don't want me, I'm not going, I'm not going, man. If I'm not, you know what I mean? So I'm just saying she could she was in the car first. She could have just went home and, and took it on the chin no matter what happened. You know, argue with him in the morning or blue, whatever, but or never mess with him again. But at the same time, you know, emotions and these are young people. You know, because I believe she in her 20, 25 or something. You know, these are young people. I expect them to think rationally under, you know, distress. But maybe I'm just expecting too much. Well, that image that you just spoke of of Megan Thee Stallion, we now know it's all fake. She was feeling Tory Lanez. She was emotionally connected to him. And she definitely had a level of, uh, I don't know, love, lust, whatever you want to call for her that she could not gather herself to just leave and on top of that she had a man in her life named pardy yeah. party and you're tripping on tori and you're having sex with tori behind your best friend's back you're supposed to say oh go ahead tori have a good time right 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 i see you when i see you right i see you when we can make it happen exactly enjoy your time here so that means that all of uh the image that megan has been putting out there it's all fake Nah, it's all fake and she showed that made me lose a uh uh Mostly all the respect that I have for, you know what I mean? Um, I, I can't say that her music is, ain't, ain't pretty decent, you know. Uh, but at the same time, um, man, she 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 showed a weakness. She showed, 
I mean, mostly what you're going to get out of a 25-year-old. Too much emotion. And how old is he? 34? He's, I think he's 30. Oh, okay. Well, he's, he's born in 92. so he's, he's, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 30. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and, and, you know, she caught herself up and got caught up in this situation. And it's basically like it's damn near her fault. But you know what? She, she, what we're talking about right now, she's, she's been publicly denying that she had a problem with um, Kylie Jenner. I mean, she publicly even denied that she was involved with with Tory. So this woman will go to great lengths to manipulate the story, to deceive, to uh, change the narrative, to try to maintain this image. And even on when she testified, they asked her, "Were you upset?" And she's like, "No, I wasn't upset. I was cool. He can hang with Kylie." But why didn't you leave when um, when EJ said let's go? Oh well, EJ had already left. She had all these excuses why she wanted to leave with Tori. Yeah, yeah. She had a driver there. EJ was her driver. EJ came to court and said she didn't want to go. She was irritated. She was upset with Tori and Kylie. So he pretty much broke it all down. We had already knew that before he came to court. Mm -hmm. But when he came to court and told that story, we were like, all right, we already knew that. So, uh, yeah, I guess, hey, it's possible that Megan fell in love with the dude. Had to, look. <laughs> but but that's the thing about it. You cheating on your man. You cheating behind your homegirl back with Damn. this dude. And and you're making a super scene about it. Like, you didn't have no cool at... I can't even say you lost your cool. You didn't even have no cool. Damn. You know what I mean? And and, and and a situation like that, man, that, like, you know, it sound all awesome from Tory's in as far as a young man. You know what I mean? I get it. Young, single dude probably. But, man, he, he, these hoes got him caught up, bro. Now, let me ask you this. Once they all did get in the car, when she went back to get her fake slipper that she, she mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, EJ also testified there was no slipper. Damn. No excuse um, to go back. But once they, once Tori does get back in the car with them and they drive off and they're arguing and fighting, arguing and fighting, arguing and fighting, do, do the girls that are arguing in the, in the car have a responsibility to everything that happened that night? We don't know who pulled the gun out. Maybe it was Tori, maybe it was Kelsey. But is the argument that Megan the Stallion started? She started the argument. Is she responsible for any of this that happened to her? To me, honestly, Alex, and I, 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 I don't have nothing against her. I believe she's responsible for everything that happened wow. to her. Let me, let me tell you why everything, every single situation from beginning to end, started with her. She was irritated with Kylie and Tori. She was irritated, irritated with Kelsey. She was irritated with everything about her. Was she was the irritation. She was the problem all along. You know, she was the one arguing at all times. So she was the one who um, clearly is 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 was the problem at all times. Sound like Kelsey was keeping her cool. She might have felt some kind of way about Tori talking to um, uh, Kylie too. She kept the better. But she that's my point though. Yeah. She 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 kept it cool. I'm just saying, but she could have felt some kind of way on the inside as well. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, making at every point from the beginning to the middle to the end, you was the problem. But let me sit here and say that don't mean you it's cool to shoot nobody just because they lost their cool or their emotions and their feelings. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not saying it was cool to shoot her. You know what I'm saying? Just I believe that she was responsible part of every aspect of the situation that led up to it situation wasn't right at all but she was responsible for every part i believe alex that happened yeah uh, i do believe that megan created the whole conflict she is the reason this entire situation 
erupted. In fact, she could have just went home with Kelsey. Nothing would have ever happened. Um, Tori's driver was going to take them home. No doubt. But because she wanted to come back, she goes back in the house, and then an argument happens inside the house to where Kylie Jenner is just kicking them out. Right. Kylie's like, you know what? Y'all got to go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all of that was created uh, by Megan. And uh, it's unfortunate that, uh, like, it's all these these events that took place, multiple events that took place, which eventually led to the shooting by who knows who. It could have been by Kelsey, uh, could have been by Tori. But at the end of the day, this woman, um, I don't even know what's the, the proper word to describe how this woman is. Now, Joe Budden the other day said on his podcast, he does not like Megan Thee Stallion. He thinks she's not a good person. But then she took he um, he took it back and apologized. But I'll, I'll sit here and say, I don't think she's a good person. Well, well, what Joe Budden also said is he's seen her do some shitty shit to some good people. Yes. He did say that he's seen some things with his own eyes that maybe, you know, the way she made an act with some people who it could have been somebody as small as somebody who wanted an autograph or somebody who, you know, or, or somebody who wanted to do a song with her. You know, it could have been a range of things. But um I believe at the end of the day, you know, Alex, you've got to see more of a Glenn Silver sitting up there on, on the stand. Um, we've seen things that played out. I'm almost certain she won't get into uh, invited to none of the reindeer games no time soon. You know, participate in no parties and nothing like that. Um, but I do have a question for you. The bodyguard, he was on the run for a minute. He finally turned himself in. The trial is over. Do he still get charged with running from... Um, to testify uh, I don't believe so because the, he was never served with a subpoena so there's no he didn't violate any court order I think he laid low but I think he was available to testify at the end yeah yeah on the last day and they decided not to use him because there wasn't enough time to get this case done by Christmas right so it would have, this case would have to go into the next week mm -hmm. they didn't want to do it so he never testified and I would be interested in to know what the driver had to say, the security guard slash driver, Jaquan Smith. He was right there. Well, would you say he played his cards right in order to not to testify? I mean, he could have either exonerated Tory or maybe what he would have had to say would have buried Tory. Right. So uh, I don't know. But this dude was right there. In fact, we got testimony that he broke up the two girls fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the dude that witnessed it said the big guy, he, he made a distinction between the driver and Tori, the little guy, the big guy. <laughs> he said the big guy got out the car and had to violently separate yeah. the two, to two women. And that's another thing when that uh, Megan was lying about on the stand. She denied, and this is what made me think that there's some reasonable doubt. She denied that there was a fight between her and Kelsey in the first place. We know for a fact that they fought. And I'm thinking she denied that there was a fight because maybe, just maybe, Kelsey grabbed the strap. Right. And Kelsey was getting her ass whooped in this fight mm -hmm. based on the injuries that we've seen. Her hair was ripped out of her head. She had a big ass bruise on her thigh. Her fingernail, one of her fingernails was broken. Her chain was snapped off. They found it in the street. And it just seems like this would be the actions of another woman. Now, the prosecution wanted us to believe that Tori grabbed, grabbed Kelsey by the head and, and pulled her and snatched her hair out. But none of us believe that right they didn't even in their clothing arguments they didn't even go there anymore. right right they presented no evidence of that so i believe they fought and i believe that that might have been the motive of why kelsey would have wanted to shoot megan in the first place no doubt it could have been but i'm just wondering on his end the legalities of 
him running from the um, because at the same time, we talk about it all the time. Ways to not get up on that stand. Some people say, man, just don't show up, you know, and, and, yeah. and he displayed that. I'm not saying he was doing no no gangster move or no nothing like that. But at the same time, man, he he did, he wasn't going to get up on that stand. At the end, because they was harassing his father, they went to his father's house. They t- went in there with a damn near a SWAT team, you know, searching for him, you know, harassing his parents. That may really be the only w- reason he turned himself in. Um, but other than that, man, he still got away from the testimony. I'm just wondering what uh, disciplinary action could be handed down upon him uh, just based on that. Well, just like in the Eric Holder trial, uh, Rimpa actually had uh – a subpoena served on him, mm-hmm. and then he had got a bench warrant issued for him. Right, right. Once the trial was over, the judge said, "Hey, I'm about to um, I'm about to release this bench warrant, and, and no punishment. Yeah, for Ren Paul not coming to court. But uh, no, I don't think nothing's gonna happen to Jaquan. I just, I just wonder, can ja- Jaquan clear his name? Can Jaquan clear Tory Lane's name? If in fact Kelsey was the shooter. Jaquan knows everything. Right. He saw everything. He heard everything. He's the driver. I think on a previous video that I posted on Street TV, I said, I feel bad for Jaquan because he's just the driver and he's hearing all these people arguing in the back seat. And he's, this is his job. His, his job is to just shut up, drive, and take them where they need to go. Mm-hmm. He cannot get involved in, in these arguments. Right. And fighting. But if I'm a security, and tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm Tory Lane's security, I'm going to tell Tory Lane, I'm going to say, stop arguing with these women. You know, as a security, as a, as a guard, I don't want to see the arguing escalate to something more. So I'm going to tell Tory to shut up, man. Or I'm going to pull the car over and say, Tory, get in the front seat. Let these women argue in the back. But he, he didn't do anything, obviously. No doubt. You don't know and understand some of these relationships that they have with some of these um artists music artists movie stars actors and uh i hear some of them could be surreal divas man you know and dude could have been a situation where he didn't been in a situation where he might have did try to say something elsewhere somebody told him man shut up and drive that's what i pay you to do and um so this time he could have just said hey that's what i'm gonna do shut up and drive so um but if they had any kind of relationship you know, any kind of friend, like, you know, half-assed friendship, you had to trust him, you you let this guy drive you around and, and, and protect you, um, then, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, man. He should have chimed in on the situation, man, to help help help, help this dude manage the situation better. And here's another question I have for you, F. If, if Tory Lanez tells the driver, pull over and let these hoes out in the middle of nowhere, do you really say okay? <laughs> well, we're gonna let these women out, and they're gonna walk home. I'm, I'm gonna be like, look, I'm your driver, but the, I, I can't just, we can't just drop these chicks off in the middle of nowhere. Right. Uh, I mean, no doubt. I would tell you, bro, this ain't good for neither one of us, especially you. We dropped them off. Somebody, something happened to them. You know, now we got either a, a body or now we fighting a body. This ain't a good location. Let's get them to a hotel. Let's get them to somewhere where Uber meet us. Let's let's do it like that, homie. You know, and and, and just try to think of a better solution than to just pull over where they were and and pitch dark somewhere, man, and and let them out in the kind of neighborhood that they be that you should know that if you hear any kind of ruckus. These people are picking up the phone fast to call the police. You know, these people, you know what I mean? So that's where our homies or friends or people around us, Alex, have to have some, you know, uh, accountability and being our friends. Because because a real friend going to tell me, no, nah, you're wrong, bro. You know, this ain't this ain't cool right here. You know, so you're absolutely right. And I believe that Megan's Airbnb was only about maybe 
five minutes away. So the driver could have been like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to stop the car, Tori. Let's just drop them off. We're only five minutes away. Well, let's just get them there, drop them off at home, and then um, we'll drive off. But the dude actually pulled over yeah. and, um, and let them girls get out the car, which I thought was a little crazy, man. I mean, I've, I've had arguments with my girl back in the day where you said, pull over. I'm getting out. You know, it's just you two. Mm -hmm. You're just, you're alone, so you can get out the car and handle yourself. But these are two women that were dressed in bikinis. In fact, I think Megan had on a thong. Mm -hmm. Where the heck is she going to go? No, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, but this this is what um, people should, that's watching the trial, young people who's still at these parties, young people who have a driver, young people who, you know, other people who uh, have a driver and, and, and have, you know, half-ass rich and, you know, pay attention to what went on, bro. Every every time you get mad, it's still a better way to handle the situation, even while you're mad. And if you can't keep your emotions in check and make a and make a, a decent decision, then man, you're not fit to be in certain situations. Now let's talk a little bit about the sentencing that he's going to get next next month. On count one, he was convicted of, which is assault with a firearm. The max on that is four years. Count three, negligent discharge of a gun. Just shooting the gun. Um, the max on that is three years, and then count two is the possession of an unregistered car, um, an unregistered gun in a car, and that one ranges because um, that can go up because of the count one and count three. If it's just a possession by itself, then it's a minor offense. Mm -hmm. But once you're you're found guilty of count one, the uh, illegal or the assault with the firearm, then count two becomes more serious. And I think that can go up to 10 years. So you're looking at, a, let's say, a max of 10 on count two, a max of four on count 17 one. years. That's 17 plus the two uh, enhancements. Apparently, if you do the math on this, you add the enhancements. The total comes out to 22 or 23 years. I don't think bro's going to get anywhere near that. And, and also, let me just add the minimum. The minimum on count one is six months. The minimum on count three is something like uh, 18 months. Uh, I don't know if there's a minimum on count two once you're convicted on count one. So uh, I definitely think he's going to go to state prison, um, even though there are some minimums that would, would require county jail time. But I definitely don't think he's going to get 23 years. No, I don't either. He don't deserve 23 years. I yeah. mean, you know, um, don't get me wrong. There was a victim who had bullet fragments in her foot, you know, so technically she was shot. Um, I don't believe even... I don't believe they tried to shoot her, you know what I mean, but playing or being mad and aggressive and even shooting at the ground in her direction and they hit her, you still shot her. Um, it's hard for me to say because she was struck with fragments, you know. Um, this is California. California typically don't play with shootings, um, but I still believe that with all the drama that went on behind this case man i think he could pull out with seven eight years yeah i'm hoping he gets something like five years or mm -hmm. and um you know just call it a day and then he'll file his appeal he'll file his appeal um i don't think he'll be able to bail out um while he's doing his appeal uh, the judge actually revoked his bail in court because he'd been out on bail this entire time i think his bail on this case was something like three hundred thousand or something i don't remember but the judge revoked it. So even while he's filing an appeal, it looks like he's going to have to stay in custody.
Well, if even if he got fired at seven, would you file an appeal? I would, yeah, file an appeal regardless. Um, but maybe it depends. Um, if the judge gives him a sweet deal, then you just you just ride it out. No, no doubt. That's what I was saying. You I know, you. I don't think seven's a sweet deal. Though. When you come with a nickel, man, it's hard to beat that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, you know, uh, um, it's hard to beat that. That 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 assault with a deadly weapon is. You know, I know dudes getting stretched out just for that. I think the, uh, his attorney's going to file an appeal before they even get sentenced. So we don't even know. Um, they don't even know what the sentence is going to be. Right, right. But uh, And I don't know how this judge sentences. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a, one of those dudes that's going to run everything, you know, uh, consecutively. You was at CCB? Yeah. Um, how did he appear in his... Um, coolness or just in the overall case itself no i think he was a pretty decent pretty decent judge uh, he used to be a defense criminal defense attorney mm -hmm. so he's he's definitely uh, pro defense okay but he um he he ruled pretty he, he had rulings that favored both sides he actually suppressed kylie not kylie um kelsey harris's statement from september of 2022 um he said that we're not gonna bring that into court initially but once she got on the stand and lied, and then the defense, the defense asked her this one question, did you feel like you were under pressure by the prosecution? And she said, yes. Then the prosecution said, we got to play the whole thing now. Right, right, right. I think that was a mistake that the defense attorney should have never went there. He should have just said, he should have just accepted her answers and then move on to the next witness. But once they, they made her, made it, made, they made it seem like, she was under pressure. They made it seem like um, it was coerced, that September statement, the September 22 statement. So then the prosecution said, no, let's play this whole thing and let the jury hear if it was coerced. And you could tell it wasn't coerced. Yeah, yeah. She was there on her free will. Uh, she was there with the prosecutors, with her husband. She even had two attorneys that were present via telephone. With her who? Two attorneys. Yeah, but you said with her husband. She was there with her husband. She's married. Oh, we we just learned this during the trial. Wow. She was married. Well, she's married now. She wasn't married then. Oh, okay, she's okay, okay. And she has a baby okay. with this guy. Okay. Um, and and this guy's in the industry too. He's with um fifteen oh one and. So just got his business all out on the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. he was actually in court too when she came to testify. He was yeah. supporting her. He was holding her hand and all that. But um. The statement she gave in September of 2022 was clearly she was relaxed. It seemed like she had a lot to say, and I don't. It, it definitely wasn't coerced or um, done under pressure. Um, and the defense said that the reason why she came forward is because they she learned that GSR was on her hand, and they learned that the defense was going to put the gun in her hand. And then she got a little worried, mm. and then she decided she never she would have never cooperated. With right, her. right. It took two years before she made a statement. Damn. And it's because the GSR was on her hand, and I think she wanted to tell the prosecution I had nothing to do with it. And uh, it, it, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. So they played that, and I, I think that audio really buried Tori also. She should have never made that statement. That statement buried her, buried Tori, but also the, uh, the, the, the neighbor that looked out his window. And right, said, right, right, yeah. He was the worst witness for Tori, and he was the best witness for the prosecution. Damn. So I think he, um, that guy, Sean Kelly, Sean Kelly pretty much uh, buried this case. Yeah, sealed the deal. Huh? Yeah, they, they, he, he sealed the deal for the prosecution, and he was a defense witness. Mm. The prosecution was never even going to call that. Mm. 
So uh, it was a lot of interesting twists and turns in this case, man. But I I wasn't completely surprised that they came back with the guilty verdict. So uh, I know a lot of people are... I don't know. They just really believe. I think you 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 took a side regard. Right, right, right. Either pro Megan or pro Tory. Right. And it didn't really matter how what the outcome of this case was going to be. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not shocked that they came back with the guilty verdict. I, I could I can see it. it, it it's, the, it's not crazy that they say guilty. Right, right. And he come back for January 27th for sentencing. I believe it's January 27th. And when do um, Eric Holder come back for sentencing? He comes back in in February. Oh, okay, okay. February. He's finally going to be sentenced. Okay. The judge just denied the motion for for, uh, the judge to reconsider those verdicts, inconsistent verdict they was arguing. Mm -hmm. It was funny. They read the whole thing, and it only took like a few seconds for the judge to say, the motion is denied. All of, we, we waited since July. Right, right, right. We waited since July to January. I'm sorry, July to December to get a five second response motion denied. Right, right. So uh, he'll Eric Holder will get fe- uh, sentenced in February. Tory Land gets sentenced in January. And um, I don't know what's the next case I'm going to check out, but I'm a little burned out, man, of the courts right now. I've well, been there for 10 days straight, man. No, no doubt. Hey, look, man, we appreciate you. You know, some of the insight that you gave us, Alice, we couldn't get that from nowhere else. Uh, we appreciate you holding it down, man. If anybody who missed any of it, you can go to Street TV, man, and find out Alex putting it down on that case, giving us all the details. He was sitting there in court, so we appreciate it, man. And when I watch these trials, I just always feel blessed that I got my freedom. Like, you know, everybody's complaining of this and that and, you know, what, what whatever you're going through in life. I always think of Tory's going to prison. Right, right, right. There's, there's always somebody that's got it worse than you do right now. And I know you appreciate your freedom. Uh, no doubt, bro. You know what I mean? Every day, man. You know, like I say, man, I get to be out here with these grandkids and doing what I'm doing, man. There's nothing like it. You know, before, that's why I'm trying to preach, Alex, to some of these younger guys. Before you go get that 18 years, before you go get that six, seven, nine years, hey, bro, think of all the fun that you're having in your life right now and just continue to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you just think about what you appreciate right now, you might think twice before you take that penitentiary chance. Man. I know that right now that's going to give you to take no chances. But I think, you know, I know you, you definitely took some back in the day. I probably took a few. I took a few chances when I was in my late teens. Yeah, no, I took some. I took some hell of a chances yeah. that, you know, but at the same time. Wouldn't take them now, you know, so that's just what it is, man. I definitely wouldn't be rolling down 95 or 53 kilos. That's for <laughs> damn sure. But <laughs> yeah, I think homeboy should have figured out a different way to do it. Plus, he was on the run. I know he had he had a warrant and he was out on bail in another case, uh, Sheldon Alexander. So, uh, all right. And, any last thoughts before we wrap up this episode, FG? No, nah, no doubt, man. We pretty much laid it out for today, man. You know, um, appreciate you bringing those um topics to the table today man and uh talking about the um responses that the, the hearers uh we got to do that more bro oh yeah man. yeah people to tap in with the um with the apple if you're listening to us on apple make sure you leave us a comment question and a review on there i get a lot of uh things on my dm man i'm gonna start bringing them to the table so some of the listeners can be recognized and maybe have some good points on some of the things but like uh you know me i'm fg Reach out F General One on Instagram. I still have videos over there at FG Unleashed, man, and that's what's up. Hey, you gonna break down? I think a, a little bit of the breakdown you you had about the how Megan and Tori didn't handle this right 
would be a good video on FG Unleashed. You know what? I may have to go down there and do that because some of these guys probably really need some guidance on how to, how to handle this situation, man. No doubt. And I, and I always preach this, man. Um, I know it's fun to fuck a lot of women. Man. But, hey, keep in mind, there are consequences. And this really just boils down to Tori wanting to fuck Kylie, fucking Kelsey, yeah. and Megan. You know, yeah. And it created a problem. No, nah, no doubt. You know, and I've been in a couple of those problems before, Alex. But, it, hey, trust me, it's not nothing nice. But this caused him to go to prison. You know what I mean? And sometimes it can cause somebody to get hurt, go to prison. It, 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 it's, it's, it's more harmful than you think. So before you do it, man, just, just make sure you got all your ducks lined up. For sure, for sure. And that's another episode of Streets of Scholars. Make sure you tap in with F General Juan's Instagram and FG Unleashed on his YouTube, Alex101, on all social media platforms. Also tap in at streetgangs.com where I posted a lot of, of articles and other videos. And uh, thanks for tapping in on another fire episode of Streets of Scholars. Mm -hmm.